fantastic. All right. So today is May 22nd, 2022. Uh, we are reading from the big book of AA, page 84, uh, beginning uh, with the paragraph, this thought brings us to, and it's, we will be just reading the one paragraph. Uh, Katie G will be our reader, followed by a 20 minute share by Daisy. Uh, and um, so Daisy, would you like to read, begin by reading that paragraph for us, please? Yeah, sure, thank you. This thought brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. We vigorously commence this way of living as we clean up the past. We have entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. Thank you so much. And uh, I'd like to introduce our speaker, uh, who is Daisy. Uh, Daisy will be sharing for approximately 20 minutes. Daisy, would you like for me to, to provide you with a uh, like a five minute um, warning? Yeah, that sounds perfect. Okay, I'm gonna put myself on mute and hopefully I will remember to take myself off. Go ahead. Awesome. Hi everybody, I'm Daisy B. I'm a compulsive overeater in San Francisco, gratefully living in a recovered state for today. And grateful to be here. Thank you so much, Kim, for asking me. Um, I'm totally nervous right now, <laughs> but I'm just going to take a breath and ask God to please set aside my beliefs of how I think this should go um, and remind me to just be here to share my truth, share my experience, and hopefully be helpful to somebody. Amen. Um, I'm really grateful to be working with this particular pa passage because I think there's a lot there. Um, I'm going to focus my qualification mostly on, I'll take a few minutes, all right, going to resettle, sorry. Woo, I'm so jumpy today. Um, okay, so I'm going to, since we have limited time, we'll qualify a bit, um, around the food, but mostly I'm going to focus my qualification on what my emotional life was like in this disease and my disturbances and my resentments, because we are on step 10. And I think that that is what we're here to, um, to talk about. I'm also going to focus mostly on um, my relationship with my partner because for me, I keep my disturbances close to home. Out in the world, except clearly like not right now, Here's this is such a moment for me to be like, all right, I'm on step 10. I need to take a moment to breathe, 
to come back to myself because I'm clearly freaking out right now. So thank you all for bearing with me. Um, but God, please help me through this right now. I'm in total and complete fear. God, please come through me. Help me to be helpful to somebody. Help me to relax, to share my truth. Show me how I can be helpful to somebody. Help me to know that I am here among many others who are rooting for me and supporting me right now. Help me to share your love, to give freely what has been given to me. Help me to know your presence. Help me to speak from my heart, to speak my truth. Help me to share and carry the message that these 12 steps have really, really worked for me. That this 10th step has totally transformed my life, this way of living. Help me to show up and share what's really on my heart. To share who I am, to not be afraid to show up as me in my power, in your power, God to just spread this message. There's nothing else that I need to do here but to be among my fellows, to share my truth. Thank you all for being here and thank you, God. Amen. So I'm going to talk a little bit about my relationship with my partner because for me in step 10, that's, that's where all the disturbances crop up. I'm calm, cool, collected most of the time out in the world. I might seem carefree and flexible, but when I come back into the house, all of the feelings, all of the sensitivities that I've experienced out in the world, I save for those people who are close to me, those people I really trust, those people who give me unconditional love. And I explode. But this story starts at the beginning of my relationship with my partner, who I've been with for four years now. I met him while I was living at a Buddhist monastery. And I'll say too, if you don't have a partner or if you feel like you don't relate, this, this isn't really about a relationship. This is about me and my disturbances. And maybe you can apply this to somewhere in your life too. But I met my partner while I was living at a Buddhist monastery four years ago. And we immediately fell in love. And it was a type of falling in love that I didn't even know existed. It was like fireworks and magic and so intense, so intense. And it was for 10 days, you know, it was like I was on something. Um, I hardly slept at all and yet had like boundless energy. I hardly ate, like I didn't care about food 
I would, could skip a meal, which has literally never happened in my life. Um, and yeah, it was just this really, really intense love. And we were technically not allowed to be in a relationship at the time. Um, so we really tried to follow the rules and everything, but we were completely inseparable. And we spent these three months together and it was like nothing I could have ever dreamed of. At the end of those three months, um, we had to be separated. I had to go to a different monastery before I could complete a practice period at the one we were at. Um, so we were going to be you know, long distance for a while. And I think that was emotionally pretty tough for me, but I spent my entire life stuffing down feelings. So I didn't know that. <laughs> and I immediately went back into the food. You know, I had always struggled with food, but this was different. And I could not stop eating. And I binged and I binged. And I then, you know, before, before ever cracking open a big, big book, referred to it as literal hell. I was completely tortured by this food. I've never tried anything harder than my, in my life than to, you know, eat like a normal person. And I've never failed so consistently over and over again than I have with putting down the food. And my partner would call me and he would express his love and how difficult it was for him to be apart. And I would look at him and just be like, you know, you're weak, basically, is the way I saw it. I was disgusted, like Bill was when people would, you know, jump um, from the top of the building when they were struggling. And because I was having an affair with the food, right? Like I didn't care. And all of these emotional disturbances started popping up. Um, and it was really hard. It was really hard. And after a couple months, we got to be back together and it got a little bit easier, but there was still a lot of, you know, me in the food and a lot of emotional disturbances. So after nine months, we left the monastery because I knew I needed help. I knew I needed to be in this program, which I had heard about. And I got there and I got abstinent thinking, you know, maybe my abstinent will, abstinence will also help my emotional life will calm down the disturbances, and it did not. It started with grief. For the first three months of abstinence, I literally sobbed for 45 minutes a day, you know, and I was, I was not a big crier before this, but I sobbed for 45 minutes a day, um, and I didn't even know what about. It was just like feelings coming out of me. After so many years of stuffing them down and stuffing them down, it was just, I didn't have the food anymore. And then, you know, I started working the steps and I got to the fourth step and anger started coming out. And it was like really bad anger, you know? And my partner, again, like I keep it close to home in the walls. Um, and my partner would do something trivial or he would express his feelings or hold me accountable for something. And I would just have these like flashes of rage, like complete rage and just could not control myself. And, you know, I would just want to break something so badly. Like I just would want to punch a window or break glasses or, you know, hurt him emotionally. Um, and usually I didn't break things because I would like play that out in my mind of like, how's that going to go? And then I'm going to have to clean it up. But you know, my car stereo, like the button doesn't work because I slammed it so hard while I was driving. Like it's just, it was really bad. Um, and you know, it's, 
it's not like that today, <laughs> most of the time. Thank God it's not like that today. And a big reason for that is because of what I think, because of step 10. Um, so what is step 10? What is that paragraph we just read? Um, the first thing I'm gonna open my book. The first thing I think step 10 is, is work. It says, this thought brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. Um, so this thought, what thought is that? So if we go up a little bit and put this into context, it says, um, it's talking about the ninth step promises, right? And it says, they are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. And then we say, this thought, <laughs> working for them, brings us to step 10, which implies to me, hey, step 10 is work. You know, we are working for these promises every day. This is the work we're doing so that we can get the promises. Um, it shows us that, you know, once we, quote, get recovered, once we work the steps, once we're done with step 12, that doesn't mean that our work is over. Once we're done with step nine, that does not mean our work, with, work is over. Actually, it's saying, you know, our work is beginning. Now, as we clean up the past, as we do our ninth step prompt, our ninth step amends, our work is beginning. And what work is this? Um, you know, a lot of people have different ways they do step tens, and there's a step tenth step train, and there's forms to fill out, and there's all sorts of things. But here, this book is saying. And I think a lot of that can be helpful, and it has been helpful for me in, in, throughout my recovery. But what it's saying here is this is, you know, we vigorously commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past. Step 10 is a way of life. The world of the spirit is a way of life. This is, you know, our, our new, this is what we do. <laughs> this is what we do now. It's how we live. Um, and then I think, you know, what, what is our way of life, right? Let's go deeper into that. And this is not an overnight matter, right? You know, I still get re resentful at my partner. Like things still come, things still come up, but the way of life is like, how am I going to deal with that? Um, and our way of life is the 12 steps. That's what I think step 10 is. It's doing the 12 steps. I've heard a lot, you know, that step 10 is steps four through nine, right? Because it says we continue to take personal inventory. We do, you know, we, we share it with somebody. But I really see it as at least one through nine. I think it's one through 12. Um, because there's a lot that needs to happen before I take that personal inventory. First, I need to recognize I am powerless over this disturbance. <laughs> I am powerless over my anger right now at my partner or whoever else. And then I need to take step two and believe that there is something better or bigger than being right. You know, I need to believe in another way of life. And then I need to take step three and commit to, you know, this way of living. I need to do something about it. Because for me, I can't just jump into personal inventory. There's a process there that's like committing to this way of life every day, every moment, every disturbance. Um, and then it is, you know, four through nine, then we do take personal inventory and we do, you know, share it with somebody. We make amends. We see who we've hurt. Um, we ask God to remove them. It says like, that's, you know, that 
constant contact with conscious contact with God. That's step 11. And then we turn our thoughts to someone we can help. That's step 12, right? Like, let me, let me help somebody here. Um, so, so to me, step 10 is it's, it's the 12 steps. And can someone tell me how much time I have left? I forgot to time myself. You have about seven, seven minutes or so. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, and then the final thing, you know, in this paragraph, it says love and tolerance of others is our code. Like that's what, that's what our way of life is, right? Love and tolerance of others. Um, the first time I heard that was when I was in my, the first fourth step I ever did. And I was, I was living with, this was at the beginning of COVID and I was living with my partner and my mom, who are the, the two people where this all comes out. Um, and I was so angry and I called somebody and, and I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I am trying not to say anything, but they can feel my piercing eyes. Um, and she said, you know, love and tolerance of others is our code. And it just like floored me. Um, and I was looking up last night, I was looking up kind of the, the definition of code and the first one, the first definition was, you know, I think the definition that they're they're using in, in here, which was like a system or rules or principles of conduct. Um, but I found another definition, which I loved, which is in computing, which is, you know, like coding. And I, they, I don't know if they had coding back, back then, but the computing definition is program instructions. That's it, program instructions. And it was like, oh, these are my program instructions is love and tolerance of others that means everything else is in service to that you know can that be my umbrella like love and tolerance of others that's all i'm going for and then every step every tool every you know action that i man like that i do is in service to that um you got five minutes, okay? Okay, thank you so much. Um, so I'll just touch on, you know, a little bit my, you know, what what this way of life has done for me. Um, it's completely transformed my relationship. I, um, my partner and I got engaged a few months ago and are just like, I am so happy. You know, I think we knew from the start, like this, we were gonna be together, but. I feel that we are going into this relationship and this lifelong commitment as, you know, I'm not going in it naively in, in terms of, I know resentments are going to crop up. I know we're going to have, this is, this is work, right? It's like the 12 steps is like, this is work every day and I'm still committing to it. And I am like, I could not be more grateful for this man in my life. Um, let me just check in. Yeah, I think I'm going to share this little thing just because it's a good example of <laughs> my um, just a 10th step in general. The engagement ring that my partner got me, um, which we picked out together and was very God-led. Um, it's kind of a non-traditional ring. It's a aquamarine stone, and on the sides it has twelve 
12 other little stones, um, which I see as the 12 steps. And numbers 2, 4, 9, and 11 are in are blue. They're also aquamarine. Aquamarine, the properties of it, if you like Google it, which I did last night, is um, it's for calming the mind and invoking tolerance of others and um, getting rid of judgmentalism. And, um, and on the inside of it is an ins inscription that says, um, trusting love is pure, which was the last line of a haiku that my partner wrote to me um, and reminds me a lot of love and tolerance of others is our code. But the funny, the magic of this ring is that I can wake up one day and look at it if I'm not spiritually fit and I hate it. <laughs> like I am like, oh, what have I done? Like I, you know, it's, the stone is small. People are going to think it's ugly. You know, it's too non-traditional. I should have a diamond. Like all, like literally, like I despise it. I really can. And I wake up another day and I'm spiritually fit and I'm like, holy shit, this is like the most perfect thing for me. It is the 12 steps. It is my way of living. It is like a completely, I see it completely differently. And that's what the step 10 is for me. It's like, it's clearing the gunk off my glasses, you know, it's like, or my eyes. It's like, let me see clearly. Let me see the truth. Um, and, and it's the same with my partner too. Like I wake up and I either see all of his flaws and all the things, you know, his flaws, um, and see it, or I see, you know, the perfection of, of him and, and this relationship that God put into my life. And I have focused a lot on my partner, but it's really just as an example of like this, you know, everywhere in life, like how are we viewing reality right now? Um, so, and to just as another example, like I, guarantee you or i believe that that beginning of the way i started this share in like complete 100 percent fear like could not get a word out which is really how i felt that could have stayed the whole time you know but i i do feel like i'm speaking my truth right now and it's because i pray like it's because i prayed <laughs> it's just that's at least for me like that's how god shows up every day you know, because I am completely in fear all the time. I am living a life in disturbance. And when I go to God and I'm sorry, and also like this is for a longer discussion later, but it doesn't have to be God, you know, it can be anything, anything, but returning to something that I have faith in and believe in, like it just works. So thank you so much for having me here and bearing with me. And I'm just so grateful to be among you all.